Welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. I believe trust must exist before a transaction can take place. I give marketers the tools they need to infuse more trust in their marketing to help grow their business. Let's get started. Hello there, and welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan. Very excited to join you today. This podcast is all about increasing your trust with your audience. I believe that trust needs to exist before a transaction takes place. No matter what you're buying or selling, trust has to exist, and that is what this podcast is all about. Joining me today is CEO of Aftermark, Vincenzo Landino. Vincenzo, thanks for hey, joining. Adam, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Vincenzo comes from a long background of video and marketing, and I've been following him a long time, so very excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, I'm, this is episode two, correct? Am I like, am I one of the first episodes? You're you're one of the first, man. This is this is exciting. No, I'm, That's and I want to come out with a bang, <laughs> and that's right. So, Vincenzo, first off, congratulations! Recently, you got married. I did. I did. I got married in September uh, over Labor Day weekend, and. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a wild ride since. I people are like, "How is it? How is it being married? How is your honeymoon?" And I'm like, "Well, we traveled so much, <laughs> and we've done a lot of travel individually from each other lately. So, yes. yeah, I feel like I've had a honeymoon by myself, away from her, and I'm, she probably feels the same way." <laughs> You're like, well, we'll just catch each up uh, on each other's YouTube channels and see what each other's up yeah. to. You know, hey, it's 2017. You know, yeah, it's a little, it's it's like, oh, I saw your Instagram story. This is what you're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Well, hopefully, uh, things kind of settle down for the holidays, and you can, you know, grab a few meals together. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, good. Congrats, man. Uh, you know, I've been married myself for 12 years and it's it's been a fun ride. I enjoy it. So many blessings to you and your new bride. Well, on the Marketing Trust podcast, I'd like to feature a brand that's doing something interesting that's recent about trust. And it, you know, I generally try to find brands that are doing something a little bit different. One that caught me this week is a new Subaru Crosstrek 2018 commercial. And what it shows, and you have to check it out, and I'll include the link in the show notes, it shows a grandpa driving a super old vintage Subaru, and then it shows him meeting his grandson on the ocean to go surfing, and the grandson is driving the new, you know, polished 2018 Crosstrek. Uh, Vincenzo, what's your thoughts on brands being a little bit more transparent? Because this is this is different than any other car commercial out there. Most of them, it's beautiful, polished cars zipping through mountain roads. But to show something, I mean, the cars, I think it's a Royale. It's like 20 years old. What's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? It, it's it's a story. So they're telling a little bit of a, of a story here. Um, yeah. You know, an old fisherman kind of with this this old vintage Subaru and and then he's joining his, his grandson like you said and they're going surfing um and it's a contrast of between the two and like uh the Subaru brand itself is known for longevity and something that you you know go off-roading it's a lot of adventures with i mean that that's if you think of a Subaru and Subaru owners and and whatnot it's always about adventures and things that they've done in the outdoors a lot of times right i mean not every single owner of a Subaru mm, is like sure. some outdoorsman, but they're also <laughs> yeah. synonymous with safety and things like that too. But um, I think for the 
the crowd that they want to attract or the stereotypical Subaru owner, uh, it's like, wow, look at that. It lasts forever. I mean, like that vintage right now, the vintage look is, is really in, I mean, not the look, but you know, um, I was just in Portland, Oregon with a brand who's re, uh, like bringing back all these old vintage, uh, lighting and clocks and things like that. So vintage is, is, is hot. It's hip, but it also shows, you know, how, the brand uh, lasts or, or stands the test of time, right? And I think that um, we're seeing potentially, we're, we, we could potentially see more brands do this, but as Subaru shows, hey, you know what? Let's just be real. This is how real people use their car. This is, some people still have their cars from whatever, 30, 40 years ago, however long these cars last. Um, and I personally love this look and feel of the video in general. Just, just the way it looks and feels. Period. Um, it's very, very. Um, it's not. I don't say polished because that's not the word, but it's, it's cinematic. It's more of a cinematic look. And yeah. to me, I'm watching it. I feel like, wow. Here's a, you know, it's a minute and thirty seconds or so, and it feels like a little story. It's a mini story, right? It's nothing. It, it's not like a long. It's not a movie or ten minutes long. It's a minute and thirty seconds, just enough to keep your attention. And you're like, when they get to the end, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. That's awesome. I mean, even yeah. like the like the last shot of the Subarus, uh, they show like you know the end. It's just all you see. It they actually focus on the old one, right? They don't even focus so much on the new one at the end. Well, yeah, and, and the bumper stickers. I mean, they were very thoughtful in this execution, even to the point where you know Grandpa lied about going fishing and <laughs> yeah. he's actually going surfing, yeah. and then you have you know just this kind of conclusion paired with, and I thought it was so interesting. That towards the end, they throw in that stat at like a minute 21, and it says 98% of Subarus have been on the road for over 10 yeah. years. And it just shows that longevity. And I'm just like, there it is. And and it also, you know, I think you have the vintage look that's coming back, but also minimalism. People are getting rid of their stuff. They're downsizing. Uh, do you feel that at all? Kind of this minimalistic movement happening? I think simplicity has always been best. Uh, but for for a time, brands thought that I don't want to see brands thought, but you know, marketers made made brands feel like, hey, we well, you got to make it over the top. It's got to be super. It's got to be fancy. There's got to be you know graphics and explosions and you know things flying in. But you know who really cares about that? I, I've actually seen conversations, Adam, online um when it comes to some brand video when they're overly you know flashy and i i actually saw something for a pair of sneakers the other day and and i i know we're going off the subaru topic here but i saw i oh, saw yeah. something for a pair of sneakers and <clears throat> somebody you know, i i read a little comment thread of, of an individual you know and how they felt about it and they're like oh don't buy the shoes because of this marketing tactic you know like make sure you go try them on don't just buy them because of this like this video is stupid it's overly you know it's overdone it doesn't tell you anything about the shoes and it didn't you know it, the video didn't tell you anything about the shoes and it was just interesting to see a consumer like a regular normal consumer not a marketing person like you know ourselves talking like that and they're like who cares about this video they're like this, this tells me nothing about it this does nothing for me and you know you're seeing people uh, brands want to go towards a story you know tell me a story Tell me how the product is actually being used. Show me how uh, real people that I can relate to, you know, this this older man in this the Subaru video, right? And even the young kid. It's 
Like they didn't use some supermodel. It's just a normal looking kid and a normal looking old man, and they are doing things, normal things, surfing, fishing, whatever, driving, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, in the um, kind of the mountains over there, or off off road. I mean, those are all normal. I can relate to every single thing in that video personally, right? So I'm watching this and I'm going, "Oh, cool! I could really see myself grab a buy a Subaru and throw my surfboard on the back, or throw my fishing rods in the back, or whatever it is." Yeah. Um, you know, cars doing stunts and flipping over things and going fast. I mean, I know that like you'll see a lot of car brands still doing the whole like racetrack type stuff. But I mean, how many people can relate sure. to that? Like, am I going to buy a car because it goes faster on a racetrack? Probably not. Maybe at 18 years old, I'm like, oh, I want a car that goes fast. But as we get older and the people that can actually buy cars and spend money on vehicles, right? They're like, how practical is this? So practicality, simplicity is huge right now. I love that. And I think when we talk about relatability, uh, kind of want to move into our next topic because that's, in my opinion, what trust is all about. It's about building a sense of, hey, you could do this and it's not so you have to climb to the top of Mount Everest. It's coming to your level. So let's talk about influencer marketing. This is something that I observe quite a bit when we talk about celebrity endorsements, talking about people with high social media followings. I want to ask you something. Uh, a while back, it's been a while, but you tweeted uh, multiple times and you said, "Don't call me an influencer." <laughs> and I and I love that. And I'll and it, it stays with me. I, it's been a while. Um, tell me more about that. What did you mean by that? I think I know what you mean, but I'd like to cover off on that. So I was asked to write an article uh, a while back. And it was about influencer marketing. It was actually for an influencer marketing company that they they uh, facilitate influencer marketing relationships uh, called Tap Influence. And they were like, well, we'd love for you to write this article. So the first thing I thought of was, I don't, I don't want to be called. I don't like being called an influencer. I don't like when people come to me or introduce me as an influencer. It, it makes me feel in, uncomfortable. It makes me feel awkward because... I don't, I can't tell you if I influence you. Like, you know, you need to decide whether I influence you. So that was my first thought was like, you know what? Influence is really, it's the power to have an effect on someone or something, right? As an influencer, if you're calling yourself that, the, the really, really grand chances are that, that you aren't actually an influencer because you're striving to be something that you yourself cannot create you you have to work at something you have to work at um whether it's some sort of craft or whether it's some sort of skill or talent and i and i know i mentioned in the article i was like hey i'm the you know i'm the ceo or i said i'm the creative director at the time of my company aftermark you know content marketing firm that specializes in video that's who i am or, or not that's not who i am but that's what i do and oh by the way i'm also a photographer a videographer a winemaker a cosmetologist a blogger people don't know all those things but if you aren't working towards honing a specific skill or craft, chances are you'll never amount to being able to influence someone in something. Like I, I can't go and say, "Hey, I am an influencer in, um, you know, tech or you know, like IoT or whatnot." Because I'm the first one to say I don't like wearing smart watches and smart all these smart devices. I you know I still wear an Omega regular old mechanical watch. I mean, I. You know, so I couldn't go talk. What? I do. Oh, I do. Oh, I'm, a, wow. I'm a 
I'm a big <laughs> I, I'm a big watch uh, aficionado, and I I love Omega is my favorite brand. But I mean, I can't go talking about smartwatches. A- anytime someone brings up the conversation, it's like I'm not. I don't. I couldn't tell you. You know, if, if a brand was like, "Hey, we'll send you smartwatches to wear," like I I wouldn't wear it because I I couldn't actually speak to it, and I have zero influence on anybody because i'm the first one to say i don't wear that but there's people that want to call themselves influencers that get free stuff from brands and i will be the first one to say i've gotten tons of free stuff from brands but just getting stuff or talking about a product or talk doesn't make you an influencer right it doesn't make you um it doesn't give you the ability to influence people and and that's to me that's what a lot of the new generation is is forgetting or not even understanding, not even forgetting because they're not even understanding it right from the get-go. It's that, hey, they think influencer is like a job title. They think, oh, I want to go and be an influencer. Well, that's great, but yeah. what do you do? Like just because you make YouTube videos doesn't make you anything, right? I mean, until you consistently do it, you have a brand, you create a, you know, you create some sort of brand, you have a shtick, you have some sort of, you know, like you, there's something along the way. There's a journey that has to be accounted for before you can become an influencer. So this whole influencer you know, marketing thing is, is really, I think influencer marketing is phenomenal. I think influencer marketing is uh, the way brands need to get things done in today's, uh, you know, marketplace. But I, but I don't think anybody is just becomes an influencer because they say so. Um, I and I think influencers are all around us too. I mean, I I could have a neighbor who's not even on Facebook or Instagram who says, "Hey, you know, have you thought of this product? It could help your lawn, or it could help your car run better, or whatever." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. What is it? Fifty bucks? Sweet. I'll go get it." He just influenced me, but. You know, and I think we think that influence just lives on social media now, well, and it, it just doesn't. Ask, and we forget about that. Let me ask you that. this, right? If you have a problem with your, uh, you know, with electricity in your home, you call an electrician. If you have a problem with your pipes, you call a plumber. If you have a problem with, uh, you know, sheetrock, you probably call some sort of, you know, either a carpenter or someone that can do drywall. I mean, what, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Whatever they tell you, you're going to purchase, right? Most likely, if they're like, you need to buy this, you need to upgrade your entire service. I mean, this and that. My father's an electrical contractor, so that's the reason why I went to this. And I've I've been around my fair share of times when my dad's like, you need to do this, you need this service to upgrade this because this is. I mean, and people are like, okay, here's the like here's the checkbook, right? Um, oh, for sure. But does my dad call himself an influencer? No. Um, no. You know, so like I look at things like that or those types of situations, and I'm like, okay. But he's honed his craft for 37 years, 38 years. He's become the best at what he does, you know, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't think he's an influencer. He just does it and it happens. And he, you know, people ask him electrical questions and people talk to him about electrical issues and people, and he gives answers. He has answers. He has expertise. This is what he has, right? He has experience, the journey. He has expert expertise because he's put in his 10,000 plus hours. And which is also something else I talk about in that article that you were referencing. And um, and and he's practicing it, right? And he's continually practicing it rather than just talking about theory. And I think a lot of times influencers, they, they're theory talkers. They, they always talk in theory and never are actual practitioners. So I think there's three things that you really need to be, you know, to have there is, is the journey, uh, still be in practice and, and you know, the, the, uh, the expertise that comes from from the journey. So like maybe it's not even three things. Maybe it is just, maybe it's just the journey. Maybe I just figured something out myself. 
Journey and expertise. Yeah, you know, and I think it'll fit better on the pillow when we stitch it on, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I love that. And it's like, you know, when you go to REI and you see someone in a green vest and you're like, hey, I'm buying my first pair of skis. Yeah. They're like, yeah, dude, I just got off the hill uh, here. You know what? And they start asking you questions. Um, that's what doesn't happen sometimes on Instagram where it's like, Hey, you know, North Face sent me this sick ski jacket. Everyone should wear it. It's amazing. It's like, well, is that the right ski jacket for everyone? You know, and I think that's where things are kind of breaking and the hinges are coming off with influencer marketing. Let me ask you this. It looks like you're doing a little work with Lululemon. How's that going? What What's going well? Uh, and, you know, you've posted a few times about like yoga wear and what's that all about? Uh, Lululemon, it was a, this is really funny. Uh, my good friend is a huge proponent of lululemon and he never got anything free from lululemon he just wears it and swears by it swore and you know continues continually swears by it so he said you need to get these pants and i was like all right cool so one day i went to go buy the pants because he told me a hundred million times how great they were i bought them i talked about it online lululemon was listening and they saw that we had this conversation between me and like four other guys and a bunch of other guys chimed in and they're like they ended up reaching out and said, "Hey, would you, would you want, you know, like, would you want to? Uh, what they say to me? Oh, would you? Because I made a comment in there about like wearing their pants. I said they were so comfortable and they still looked like regular pants. I was like, I would totally wear these like, on my wedding at my wedding or something. And they were like, so they pinged me on the on the down low and were like, Hey, would you actually do this? I said, Yeah, I'll check with my wife, but I'm pretty sure that we could come up with something. Probably not at the wedding, but we could definitely do something like, you know." rehearsal dinner or whatever it was and so they ended up sending me and my buddy uh jason who got married the week after me they sent us some pants and shirts for all our guys and everything like that and we did some some cool stuff and um they had sent amy and myself um my wife a, a bunch of, of gear and whatnot because you know we work out we're, we're normal people and we talk about the brand but it's it's not um i don't know i, I you know i don't think it was like a I don't know what the play was for Lululemon because it's not like we have an ongoing conversation, but I will say that I am the first one to throw on my Lululemon gear and I have told numerous people, actually all the guys in my wedding party were like, Lululemon, haha, that's a girl's brand. Then they threw on the pants. They're like, oh my God, I love these these shirts are incredible. Oh my God, these pants are awesome. I mean, now they are like, I need to go to the Lululemon store and go buy Lululemon. I mean, they they want they're actually like going and shopping there. So for Lululemon to send us some you know free product that probably cost them nothing, they've probably got five or six new customers plus others that are online that have been kind of involved in seeing the conversation that are now buying. I mean, there's a couple folks that reached out to us the other day and were like, "So I just bought some of those ABC pants." I mean, it's it's pretty cool. And again, maybe it's not this mass influence, but it's the right people it's folks like myself who never looked at lululemon as a a manly brand that personally that's just the way i never i never knew about it right and uh and now there's probably six or seven other people that are are hooked on it so it's it's you know in that regard i was a micro influencer i guess or to some extent but actually i'm going to even give it I'll, i'll kick it back to lululemon i mean they did it the right way they found someone who clearly had a little bit of reach you know, online yeah. myself and who was having genuine or, you know, authentic conversations with other, other guys that were looking for a better pant. And they found a way to infiltrate that, uh, th- that little party 
through myself and my buddy. And, you know, like I said, they, they turned some people. And so that was a really good job by them. I mean, they have a tremendous brand and uh, like I said, it was, it wasn't something we, we actively work on. Like we don't, I don't, I don't have any open communication with them. It was just a, I don't want to say it was a one-time thing. It was a couple time thing, but like still it was pretty cool. And I feel a lot more, um, tied to the brand than I would have had I never, you know, had I never had reached out, had they never reached out. And I love that you went and bought the product yourself. You're trying it. And one one thing I talk a lot about is influencers are great, but advocates are better. And you were an advocate in that point where you said, I went out, bought this, and then I recommend it without being asked to. And that is where the authenticity Mm -hmm. just really pours in and makes that just work very well. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And I'll say this. Let me add something really, really quick. Yeah. There is a lot of there there are a lot of people or you know so-called influencers that go out there and they're like, "Oh, I need to get free product, right? I need to get Oh, I won't I can't promote this unless they give it to me for nothing." And Yeah. And and I understand that in certain circumstances it's a business decision like, you know, I I'm not going to make a video for you for just like a free luggage or something. I mean, there's brands that reach out and they're they'll be like, oh, we'll give you a free luggage and and you know you, you'll make us a video on your channel. Like, okay, that doesn't work that way, you know. Even though I use luggage all the time, we constantly travel, blah blah blah. But there's a lot of influencers that want the title of the job, but they don't actually use these products. They just want the free stuff, or like, oh, well, I want the free Harman Kardon speaker, and then I'll and then I'll decide if I am an influencer for it. It's like mm, that's not the way it really works. I mean, the I think, and I and I always and I say this, like even with investing, right? The biggest display of how much you really love that stock or that product, go buy it yourself. Are you going to put your money behind it? And if you can't afford it, well, then you you like, why do you deserve to be an influencer? And if you can't afford it yourself, you probably don't have an audience of people that that is in the same boat that can purchase it. Right? <laughs> and and that's how I look at it. So like. If you know, if I couldn't buy a, a Samsung, I, I so I recently switched to Samsung. But if I couldn't purchase the phone myself, I I wouldn't talk about it, right? Like it just it would make no sense for me to talk about a Samsung device, the Note Eight. Well, luckily uh, T-Mobile hooked us up, Amy and myself up with the the new Note Eight, and I've like I talk about this thing constantly. I love it. I'm absolutely in love with it. But I I was ready to buy it myself, right? And so that's that's something that a lot of influencers don't understand is that. You're not just you can't just get you have to give first before you can start just getting. I mean, I you might ask this question after, so I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold this thought back. Uh, go ahead. No, I I love that overview because I think that is also what is very broken in this, and I think that bubble will burst one day. Of you're gonna have all these people who are just kind of scraping for any little thing of their sharing their followers and saying, look how many followers I have. You have to, you know, give me this product and this cash. And it's like, well, where's the true recommendation happening? Where's the true advocacy? And I think that's what's going to be weeded out uh, very soon, very, very, very quickly. Yeah. Was there anything you wanted to add on influencer marketing? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think, like I said, I, I think we've covered a lot of, about influencer yeah, marketing. It's helpful. just, it's one of those things that I really, really, truly believe that it's a, it's a good thing. It is it's a great tool for brands to leverage, 
but it has to be leveraged the right way. And, and you know, sometimes it's not the big numbers because I guess I will add some more. There's a lot of big numbers that don't have audiences that fit. And unfortunately, what's really shocking to me is that a lot of brands don't vet the influencers they use. And we've seen so yeah. many, you know, we've seen so many um, poor examples of these brands that tied themselves to influencers that ha- did not like Disney and PewDiePie, right? For an example, yeah. like just leveraging or tying their name together and then having to drop them because, oh no, his content doesn't align with us. Well, all you had to do was watch one video of his and realize that your content probably doesn't align with it. I mean, there's there's a lack of research happening right now. So there's a lot of uh, brands that are aligning themselves incorrectly. And I think there's a huge opportunity for the for for either agencies to educate their clients or for influencers that are working with them to be like hey you know what let's i want to educate you and i think that doesn't happen a lot i I know with our customers we like to educate them whether it provides us more business or not i like to always educate my clients on what's going on and other things that are happening and because an educated customer an educated brand means that we'll have a lot more um, we'll have a lot more decisions that are made properly. And so, um, yeah. you know, influencer marketing is, it, we're, I think we're still at the tip. I don't think we've even begin, you know, begun to really get into how, uh, like how much these brand partnerships are, are going to affect buying decisions. I mean, I, I think we're just at the tip. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. Let's, let's shift to, to video a little bit, you know, in, in terms of trust and recommendations, how do you feel like videos help brands increase the trust between their audience and the brand? I mean, video is the closest right now. I mean, I still don't believe fully in VR. I mean, I believe in VR. I just, I don't think we're there yet with it. So I think uh, video is the closest a brand can get to exposing itself or being authentic or being uh, vulnerable than, than any other medium right now. Um, and when I say video, and th- I hate that I, I have to always like clarify and define, but video doesn't just mean, you know, full-fledged films on the big screen or full-fledged commercials or a YouTube video. It can be an Instagram, a Snapchat story. It can be video on Facebook. It can be video on Twitter. It can be video on a billboard. I mean, it can be anything. Like video is video, but it can be anywhere. And so um, I, I think that brands really need to start looking at, and brands, I say brands, but businesses, companies, large or small, have to really look at video holistically in every piece of their business, not just like, oh, it's just a social thing. That's just social media. No, video is everywhere. I mean, video can be anywhere. And we're at an age where we have so many tools at our disposal to create video. It's so easy. There's there's a very low barrier to entry right now for good or for bad. And some people believe differently. You talk to a filmmaker and they'll be like, oh, that's crap. You know, you, you need to use this and that. But for all intents and purposes, we have smartphones. We have inexpensive cameras that we that can shoot video, you have to get started somewhere. So for brands to make excuses for not being on it, like that's all it is. It's just an excuse because they're so easy to be able to jump in. Um, Now, of course, it's it's a lot more difficult to make good video. It's a lot more difficult to have a good story, but that comes with, you know, trying it over and over and over. 
Yeah, absolutely. What are some common mistakes that you're seeing right now that brands are making with video? Oh man. Um, there's, I would say some brands are really looking at video as kind of a box to check some brands and they just like, Oh, well, video is the thing we have to be doing right now. So let's just, let's just make a video of our CEO talking about our product and selling our product. And it's like, "Mm, okay. I mean, great. You basically took a press release and turned it into a video. It's a step in the right direction it's not exactly the type of video that people are going to watch. And some, why I hate that so much is because, and I hate, I'm going to use the word hate, is because they ruin it for themselves in the long run because they'll say, oh, well, it didn't work. Well, the, that, that video didn't work. See, we did video and it didn't work. And it's like, yeah, but it's a little more complicated than just making a video right it's like blog posts and whatnot i mean you can take a you can actually write a blog post or you can just transcribe some piece of audio and like whatever it is be like look we wrote a blog post like no you didn't you just spent 50 cents to transcribe something you already did and while while it's better than what you were doing it's not exactly the type of content you should be producing and so i've also seen and i would say brands are are they there's too much red tape that goes into making video. Um, they're not allowing the authenticity, the true culture, the true uh, brand representation to come through. And so they create video, but it's it's very stiff. It's very... Um, it's only the C-suite maybe that they want to show on the video. Oh, like everything has to go through PR and legal and this and that. Like I understand... Because we work with large brands that that's how it has to happen. And I get it. But you have to break down some walls and some barriers. You have to start telling the stories of, you know, anybody in the company. I mean, the janitor has a story. You know, the people on the production line have a great story. Not just the CEO, not just the, you know, CTO, all those. I mean, most of the times those guys don't even have great stories. I mean, some of them do, don't get me wrong. But from what I've seen, like the real stories are in the trenches. You know, the real stories are the people that are taking the bus to work, you know, cross town to get there and they're trying to feed their family and like that's why shows like um, Undercover Boss are so fascinating because they're telling stories of people that you'd never you would never think to talk to right I mean like the person the the manager with three kids and living in a homeless shelter I mean that's way more fascinating and brands need to embrace that and say hey this is who we are Um, let's tell everybody like let's show this Um, so, so not being vulnerable enough, not being authentic enough is, is still an issue. It's always, And that's going to be an issue from now until eternity. Like that's, You're always going to have brands that are going to be like, eh, we don't want to show this. We don't want to talk about this. We don't want to you know, do this. And I think that's the big, big mistake is that you're, you're, you're not allowing the audience to really get an inside look. Like come in and, and take a look at us rather than just here's what we want to show you because people are reading through that. Yeah, one project I worked on at my time at Cabela's was we came up with this idea to have the CEO act as a brand new employee. And so he was on the retail floor, he's hanging out, and shoppers are coming in to check out. And it's during the holiday season. Right as they're about to swipe their card, he pulls out his credit card and says, hey, this is on us. (laughs) That's awesome. And people... 
and we had hidden cameras everywhere. People were crying, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm actually the CEO, and I want to, you know, give you these as gifts." And then we brought him into a back room, and we had even more prize like GoPros, oh wow, jackets, back. I mean, people were walking out with very cool, and they're just crying, and they're just like, you know what? I'm going to give this all away. I'm going to give it to my friends and family, and it was just so cool to see that pay it forward uh, versus. Hey, this is the new item you need to buy this Christmas and it's 50% off. You know, it just, I loved that project because it, it took six months to pull together. I mean, to get the CEO for a half day shoot and pull all the partners together with the brands, it was, it was heavy, but it was worth it. And we developed, you know, very vulnerable kind of you know, trusted content out of video. I love that. Um, well, thank you. I love that insight. Great things all around, you know, what brands be doing with video. Want to move to a segment called Name That Handle. All right. Uh-oh. It's a little game. This is a little game that I do a little searching of who you're connected with on Twitter. And I give you one word clues and give you one at a time and then see how many times it takes for you to guess who I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Vincenzo, are you ready to play name that handle? I am ready. Okay. First clue. Superhero. Oh, okay. No idea. Superhero. All right. All right. Superhero. Okay. Second. Wedding. Superhero wedding. <laughs> and they're not they're not necessarily uh related. They're kind of uh, you know, superheroes kind of over here, wedding yeah, is yeah. Hmm. Okay. You know. Okay. Ready for the third one? Yeah. Jackson. I'm gonna say this is Jason Yarborough. Nice. Well played. <laughs> That's me. That's that's the audience clapping. Uh, well played. In three clues, you got it. I was. Uh, I, uh, I almost had it on the second one, and I thought I was going to say it, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, let me just. I'm assuming uh, you're talking about Jackson Hole. He yeah. He got married, and the superhero piece. I don't. I didn't know. That's that one. I. I don't remember at all. It was. It was something he was referencing. Uh, that was. I was hoping to give you kind of a curveball. It was just a tweet that he he was referencing you, but. Well played. I love Jason Yarbrough. Good dude. He's actually uh, the creative director at Aftermark. He's, he works for us. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Yes, he'll be he'll be pleased to hear of all the nice things we're saying about him. Make sure to follow uh, Jason Yarby uh, on Twitter. It's just at Yarby, Y-A-R-B-Y. Good dude, creative guy, and he's also doing a vlog and YouTube channel. So definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Any anything else you want to say about Jason? Any uh, juicy stories since you work with him? Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm sure you. I'm sure you have a few. Jason. Jason loves coffee, um, and so if you're listening to this, send him coffee because he will try coffee from <laughs> anywhere. But uh, yeah, he got he, he was the one I re- was referencing in the beginning where he got he was the buddy with Lululemon. He influenced me about Lululemon. Got married the day after or the week after my, me and Amy did. And uh, he is now a Bozeman, Montana native. Well, not really native. He's a Bozeman, Montana resident. And there you go, avid hiker and outdoorsman. Good deal. Yeah, I've I've gone back and forth with uh, him as well. Yeah, Good yeah. dude. He's just. Uh, yeah, back at my days at Columbia Sportswear, 
met up with him and just nice. uh, been connected all this time. Awesome. So, well, well played in three tries. You know, as we do more of these episodes, we'll we'll rank you against your fellow interviewees yeah, and guest see how you. No, you're good. No, we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I gotta make it. I gotta make it really difficult too. I want I want people to sweat and just really try to figure out what's going on there. So. Yeah, gotta make it harder. Love it. Yeah, we gotta make it. Harder we gotta from, make it hard. harder from here on out. All right, deal, deal. Well, Vincenzo Landino, thank you so much for joining. Vincenzo is the CEO of Aftermark. They're a creative agency. They do videos for brands and help brands tell their brand stories in a better way uh love the work that you're doing and is there anything else of ways that people can get in touch with you what what's your preferred method of contact ah just hit me up on twitter twitter's the best way at vincenzo landino um it is the easiest way and it's probably the fastest way you'll get you'll get a hold of me uh seriously like that's not even a joke people don't people don't believe me until they realize how quick i am on twitter so you are quick on Twitter. I will say that. I mean, we've gone back and forth a little bit, and I'm just like, wow, yeah, yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite platform, but it's just, it's so, it's just so much better than trying to get people to like, hey, email me, and then I've got like a billion emails, and like, then you have to rank which one's more important, and then you're trying to like mix that with client emails and customer project and all this stuff, and it's like, okay, I mean. At, to be very honest with you, my personal email box <laughs> is, I don't even look at it anymore. I go, my business email is like the only one I even have on my phone. And so that's the one that I go to the most. I only check my like personal email when I, um, when I have time in front of my computer. Ah, there you go. Well, thank you again for joining the Marketing Trust Podcast. Uh, this has been a discussion around influencer marketing video with Vincenzo Landino. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Trust Podcast, where I help you infuse more trust with your customers to help grow your business. I'm Adam Buchanan, and I want to thank you for listening.